Hello again, everybody. Today, we'll do a very brief broadcast on propaganda, spinning the narrative, and framing. While rarely mentioned in the 21st century, Edward Bernays wrote Propaganda in 1928. His work highly influenced Joseph Goebbels. And today, billionaire bought and controlled mainstream media outlets are all about propagandizing and ignoring the helpful truths. again everybody uh, this is uh, Jason Powers so today we're going to do a, a rather brief broadcast on uh, propaganda because this is a kind of has lots of layers to it but today we're going to discuss two particular concepts um, so we'll just get right into it um, one is called framing so um, in most cases you, we all know that when we watch something on tv or in radio or any kind of broadcast we're we're dealing with a uh a, a framing framing of the issue framing of the problem um that all comes down to you know how we it's almost like a as a one particular writer here our, her name is uh, Corey. she writes a, on an article at Corey Dick's uh, com. So there was a paragraph I found interesting and I'll get right into it. So similar social experiments have been conducted on American citizens since the advent of radio and television. In 1938, a radio adaptation of HGL's, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds broadcast was broadcast by Mercury Theater and included fake news segments on an alien invasion in New Jersey. Newspaper offices and police stations were inundated with calls from listeners who mistook the CBS broadcast for a real event. The apparent hysteria did not go unnoticed in the corridors of power and would, would have informed later decisions about disclosure on crashed UFOs and any other number of secret government programs. So I think that, that can encapsulates a whole host of things. So when you think of uh, setting up the framing of an issue... You're controlling a scene. You're controlling a scene of action. It's like a battlefield. Uh, by controlling the messaging that comes in and into the uh, into the situation and out of the situation, you can control the. It, it's basically uh, leads to the next topic, which is shaping the narrative. But you want to control the scene. You have to control the inputs and outputs. Um, so use uh, you can use music in, involved in that. So scoring music to. For example, I opened this broadcast with, uh, you know, patriotic-sounding uh, music. You know, there's no words to it, but, it, you know, it it heightens the senses. It, 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 it's almost like, a, you know, it has the drum and mechanism. In other words, I'm letting you know what I'm doing as I speak right now, that uh, that in, in, a, in a subtle form is propaganda. It, it tells you where my, my spirits lie, where I, where I expect... Uh, to uh, give you information based upon that, you know, that doesn't make uh, uh, 
by being open and honest about it, that doesn't make it propaganda. At least I'm telling you what I'm what I'm doing. Whereas uh, if you go to the billionaire media class, they're not telling you they're not telling you the real motivations. They certainly aren't going to spin it that way. So there are also uh, the ideas of quick cuts. So obviously, if you're you know when a video has been edited, you know you can edit video. Most people are very aware of the the programs out there, but media has been doing this for ages on end. It's you know about point of view. It's about uh, snipping the snipping words. Like for example, the 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 most recent uh, and actually a lawsuit was fi- uh, uh, filed and and was uh, concluded on the Nicholas Sandman where you had. Uh, uh, a minor child, Nicholas Sandman, who was 16, who was on a field trip to Washington, D.C., and he encountered the, uh, a Native American. I forget the guy's name, but he came up marching uh, with his drum in his hand. And the narrative was spun that he was being aggressive or he was he was being, you know, disrespectful towards the the band beating a, beating a drum, and he was flayed in the media. Well, um, you know, based upon the way the media framed that uh, framed that entire issue, they made it into he was victimizing somebody who he wasn't. He had no conversation with, and there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, st- uh, you know, they they said standing his ground, or they they made it sound like he was being aggressive just by being there. Because uh, this goes to a whole host of things. Uh, we'll continue on with, um, for example. So based upon how they cut that imagery together and made him look far worse than what what the reality was and and usually it, it that goes to uh, uh narrowing the frame and, and you got wide shots and then you have narrowing the frame and if you cut those back and forth you can make all you can make somebody believe whatever you want them to if the, if you're not paying attention you have to have a director's feel towards uh what's being presented to you so now next thing is you have slow motions and you have fast framing or fast uh, fast video, I guess you could say, video run at a uh, higher speed or, you know, fast cuts in and out. You know, in other words, not only are they cutting, you know, multiple pieces of video together, they're, they're, they're adding speed and intensity to the, to the, to the, you know, just like a film. Like when you watch, uh, you know, obviously when you watch movies, you should know that that's not real and it's propaganda. And it's off, it's there to sell you an emotional experience, and that's the reason why so many. Um, it's why it appeals to younger people. Once you get older, um, you you have less uh, ability or care for that because, um, really, like in an example, for example, before there were before there were moving pictures, before there were moving pictures that we saw every day, there was uh, books, and people had to had to add imagination to the words that somebody presented to them. They had to know what the words meant, and then they they had to build a picture in their mind of what was going on. That's why fiction was so entertaining back in the day. Uh, you know, dry facts are are very boring because that's what people perceive is what school is and and how that schooling is taught. Uh, you know, oh, that's so boring. Who wants to learn about that? And then of course, you know, people will say history is written by the victors. In in most cases, it is. Uh, it's very very rare that the minor account gets the highest interplay but this has also been uh been uh, distorted and also been abused by people that work in these industries to uh, spin a narrative towards you and to uh create a create a victim class and create a victim mentality is in modern times 
they're not looking at all the, the when they go back and look at the perceive the events maybe they want to perceive the events the way they want to because they don't see the underlying political or uh, um, geographic uh, motivation uh, motivations behind why people did things back in the you know could be a hundred years two hundred years could be two thousand years I was watching uh, for example I was watching an episode last night you know do I have any verification of all the accuracy but it was an episode on uh, the Roman Empire where the first uh, considered the first world superpower and there was about the the, the fall of Carthage and and how both sides were fighting a battle against each other and how the Romans were brutal and uh, they burned Carthage's ships in the harbor and then they later Carthage rebuilt their tried to rebuild their navy and then the Romans uh, caught them in the act uh, I forget what the name of the uh, Cato, uh, Cato the Elder was the uh, <clears throat> the Roman uh, senator that came and wanted to annihilate Carthage. There's plenty of other. I, I caught the episode about halfway through, but I'm just explaining it to you. Um, but example, that's you know that's where um, depending upon how you depict something and at what parts of what uh, uh, parts of the history. Um, makes a big deal uh in terms of how entertaining it is to somebody who's being presented that idea as an emotional for emotional impact so colors there's another thing that's a, that we all know when you're watching movies i'm using movies as a thing because movies are probably the most uh indeligible is that the right word um way to present what propaganda is so because it's a non-reality uh, using colors, using darkness, shades of gray, uh, black and white versus color, uh, bright colors versus uh, kind of muted coloring. That's all about, that creates perception. It's like, for example, when uh, uh, CNN was running their COVID crisis, I'm fairly certain they had red red on the right side of the screen. So you had red background with white, white lettering. So red is a, a red is an aggressive color. It causes conflicts. It causes anger and frustration inside people. It's a non-muting color. So um, that in a what would you say uh, red as is 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 basically basically uh, it would be different from for example if you painted something uh, made it if they had made it gray or made it a, a blue or a baby blue that would have a much different. Um, uh, emotional response people respond to color people respond to darkness and light obviously you know when when you're designing a, a for example uh designing a uh, warehouse or anything for the example you use different you use lighting schemes in order to get people uh they found out they use this fact in the psychological terms of the hawthorne effect that you can create productivity by just changing the lighting in in a factory so the more the more uh, lighting the better the lighting the higher the wattage and the brighter it is uh more people have a ten for a short term effect you can get more more productivity out of that especially when you come to a dark and di- a dingy place so in a way that's a a form of of uh, uh psychological manipulation and and by long by a stretch uh propaganda so uh, next we'll go to uh, so dependent the, the depictions of women, men, and uh, children on the screen or on your or e- even in radio. But 
what we tell tell you. So if we tell you a woman's highly attractive, you're going to be more appeal. Uh, it's going to be more appealing. It's appealing to men because men are uh, obviously find women attractive for for obvious reasons. Uh, it's also appealing to women because women want to see them. They want to see the see themselves as they see that woman, and they would like to be like that woman. And that's why propaganda is very very useful on women and and in particular because women are about 65 percent of the consumers and uh, do the consumer buys for example we know they go shopping it's not a this isn't this isn't you know a, a hard fact to find out or understand to that's why marketers appeal mostly to women especially in the daytime broadcast you know advertising that runs on, on tv and on radio is uh, set up to appeal to a certain audience at a certain time for a certain reason, and they do they do their background research to find out when that's going to be, uh, and, and and now they obviously use social media to do that too. They know they they know they're gathering data on all of us, and they use that data to exploit the holes in our our psyche. They're trying to hack into your brain to figure out exactly how they can get you to spend money, or to give them information so that they can continue to get you to spend money. <laughs> So men, for example, if they want to paint a narrative that's negative, they'll they'll uh, drop the harshest. Like if they give a white guy a uh, square, uh, square, uh, you know, a flat top haircut, <clears throat> that'll that'll connotate some things, and they'll per- portray certain other people with dreadlocks or use their hair, uh, their glasses. The, the the way they button their shirts, uh, the colors of their shirts, whether they're uh, whether they're clean. Obviously, when you see military, you see a clean cut. You know, kind of a square. Uh, military people are considerably usually pa- painted as very square, closed minded, uh, unable to uh, think outside the box, uh, which is usually patently untrue if you really knew much about the military. But you know. That's the way it's been portrayed in film. That's the way it's portrayed in many cases on TV. Um, except, of course, if the, if the military is pr- uh, promoting the narrative that the, the mainstream media wants to feed you. And lastly, kids. For example, um, I call it the Sally, Sally Struthers syndrome. For example, uh, if you grew up at a certain time, you remember watching on TV where Sally Struthers would come on and pull at your heartstrings and say, well, for only thirty-eight cents a day, you can provide this child in in Central America a, a cup of coffee or whatever. For the cost of a cup of coffee, you can provide the kid a a, a meal the, today. And and of course, you know it's it's a good cause and it sounds very helpful and unique. And nothing against that, uh, except for the fact that if you find out that the money that you send down there is going through an NGO. That's skimming, you know, seventy percent of the money off to pay their pay their staff uh, to stay there, and that very little of the money actually gets down to the the actual problem itself. Then what are you doing? You're just funding an organization to stay alive. You're not funding that, and you're not funding the actual problem. You're just funding. You're just creating. You're basically uh, funding the employment uh, opportunities of. Of people that are never do wells and they're never going to do any, but they use the use the NGO as a hustle to get a job and get a bullet point on the resume. So you're not really doing anything at all for them. So you'd better served if you could somehow uh, donate your time and efforts down there to help them directly, 
without being a part of an organization. But uh, there, there again, that goes to risk. And I, I'm getting off the point of the propaganda, but the propaganda that's being spent, uh, uh, spun up on the media uh, is to get you to send money somewhere. And, and of course, you don't know who's behind that propaganda. Uh, that commercial was funded by somebody, and you know who that somebody is. It was funded by the organization who wants you to donate the money, uh, obviously. And then it may be funded. That, that organization was founded by another billionaire that's in the background several layers back. And, you know, he's getting what he wants, which is to, to uh, make people feel guilty for their, for their largesse in the American society, which, of course, we're working for. People work work hard in America, and there's a there's there's two poles on this. There's uh, the American, the hardworking American who does their job, goes to work every day, tries to make ends meet, works fifty, sixty hours a week, tries to you know maybe they had a bad relationship somewhere along the line, and they're they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole or whatever. They've made mistakes, and then you have another part of America who wants to use welfare or use uh certain uh, governmental programs to obfuscate, uh, obfuscate the fact that they don't want to go out and do anything. Um, they've been, but they've also been sold that narrative too. They were sold that from the day they were born or they were sold that from their uh, early years by uh, either somebody who didn't have their best interests at heart, whether it be family or the media, because the media uses that. The media goes, oh, if we would just give them more money, they would be better off. They would, they would actually... Uh, you know, they would eventually get out of the hole, but yet the results don't ever follow from that idea. But they, but basically, you're giving people a crutch. Um, and from my own, per- and even though I'm going a little long here, uh, from my own personal experience, my uh, my background, um, you know, I know I grew up uh, in a single, you know, single. Um, my single mom raised me. She worked hard, and, and I got jobs at an early age. I was a paper boy by 13. I was uh, uh, doing that and you know mowing lawns and uh, picking up odd jobs. And I, my first job when I turned 16 in like three or four days, I was you know it was three or four days after I turned 16 in 1988, I went and worked for a restaurant as a dishwasher. I didn't like the job. I hated it, uh, but... You know, I did that for about nine months, and then I went on and moved on to uh, working as a grocery store, packaging groceries as I was finishing up high school. And from then on out, I mean, I've worked various jobs, menial jobs, uh, low low tasks or low, uh, what would you say, uh, low low ability to control the, the outcomes. You know, you just do as you're told. Um, that would go back to another uh, thing that most of us are spend most of our lives doing stuff for other people. Um, and being obedient and, uh, you know, not having a lot of autonomous, uh, ability, even those, even those of us who have higher educations and have, a you know, good, good, uh, you know, degree opportunities, good intelligence and whatnot. A lot of us don't have any self-control over our own initiatives and desires, um, because there's people at the very top of, of these, uh, quote unquote social classes or, I call them the parasitic classes because it's not so much that they make money off investments. It's the fact that they, they do it in, they, there's two, there's two, there's honest brokers out there that do it through their, their means of uh, becoming a good at making a business that provides a good service, that provides good employment opportunities and actually goes about it the right way. 
and deals with the ebbs and flows of of our society and I'm getting off on a rant here and then there's others that are at the top of that class uh, that um, that exploit the markets that set up a uh, set up situations where they can uh, they do the the problem reaction solution they set up agendas they seed the market with what they want and then they they that's why they create the me- uh, media narrative um, I would say that they're the, that's the mastercraft that that you uh, use the media to distort market opportunities and then you fund the part of the opportunity that will give you the desired result um, so those people are those people are part and parcel to our, our uh, dilemmas in society but they'll for example they'll use kids they all I mean uh, if you want to look at the politics of it right now we have a polit- political crisis at the border and the the biggest problem there is that we have a uh, one a one minute the prior administration tried to try to close off that as a route of opportunity now they do they completely succeed of course not because they were being obstructed too but now you have a, a, a the, the the new administration who is creating a crisis on purpose and isn't ignoring it as much as they can and no matter how much anybody focuses on it they continue to ignore it now of course if you're on the other political uh, side of the spectrum uh, you're you're focusing on that and saying, see, see, look at how bad they are at doing their job. But when you're the biggest proportion of your uh, media is uh, trying to run cover because they were the ones who got the, the, the current administration into, into the White House, uh, they're going to do what they can. So this is, I was going to go further into the next uh, section, which was going to be... Uh, working on uh, spinning the narrative, but uh, I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to listen to a uh, several hours of, of uh, discussion had on the election. I hope that uh, everybody has a great day, and I'm going to finish off with uh, patriotic music, and I hope that everybody will appreciate now that they've uh, at least learned one little bit about uh, propaganda and how it's used. So as you... Like I said, musical scoring has a great deal of impact on people. It creates uh, drives and energies and inside people, and hopefully it makes people more uh, feel more hopeful towards our future, which is going to take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, it's going to take uh, sacrifice. Sacrifice is something that this country has been built on. Uh, there was a reason why we won World War II, and when I say we won World War, World War II, uh, the American manufacturing might uh, was instrumental to supplying arms throughout the world. And we should never forget that. Um, at the end of World War II, we had the largest we had the largest naval fleet in world history. We probably had the most armaments ever conceived by one nation. And yet we didn't go out and just run amok over the entire world like most of our prior uh, superpowers have. For example, Britain, who obviously went around the world and conquered many places. The Roman Empire went out and destroyed other places. The sad thing is, is while we stayed demonstrably out of war until about 1965, 66, um, then we had this ideology that took over. And since Vietnam, we've been ruined by people who have been in charge. That's been driven by D.C., not by the American people. The 
American people are often sold to very enslavement and, you know, debt and whatnot uh, through media propaganda. So I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Go out, go out and enjoy it. God bless the United States of America. And God bless the rest of the world.